I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, do you know where you're going to be to watch it? It's, it's going to be big. Like most of the world will tune in. Saturday, May 19th, 2018. Do you know what I'm talking about? Nobody? The royal wedding? Right? So, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry tying the knot. You know, I, most of the world will be tuned in to watch. You, you just watch. It, it'll, it'll happen. Um, everyone tuning in just to get a glimpse of royalty. Right? Um, Windsor Castle, I think it's St. George Chapel, um, and kind of a cool thing, the, the couple, um, or whoever's sending out the invites, has sent out 1,200 named invites, or is going to, uh, to 1,200 young people throughout the United Kingdom who have been selected by leaders in, in, each, in each region so that they can come and take part in the festivities. They're not going to get into the chapel, but they'll be on the grounds of Windsor Castle. They've done a, a longer processional and recessional, so more and more people can turn out to get a glimpse of royalty and be eyewitnesses of it. It's going to be a big deal. Even more so, a bigger deal is what we're talking about tonight. Our Lord and Savior riding into Jerusalem. And we're here to catch a, a glimpse of royalty. Will it be hard to see that royalty as he rides in so humbly on a, the colt, a colt, the foal of a donkey? Will you be able to see his divinity as, as you look and you see this son of man, Joseph and Mary's son, this, this carpenter from Nazareth? Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And by the end of tonight, we'll be saying together, Hosanna to our King. Keep looking and see who he is and see what he has come to do. Who he is and what he has come to do. Um, like the Super Bowl of religious festivals, uh, the Passover was it. You know, pretty much ever, all the faithful that were scattered throughout the world would try to get back to Jerusalem and they'd slam into the city to, to celebrate um, not only did, did Jerusalem swell to multiple times its normal size, but all the surrounding little towns and villages like Bethany and Bethphage um, also just, just packed with people and, and people going in and out of the city, people bringing their offerings to, to bring to the temple, their sacrifices that they would offer up on the altar. Uh, they would bring their prayers and praises. People would sit at the feet of, of the rabbis and listen to them in the temple. It was just a really rejuvenating time and also a fellowship time as people would get together, see relatives and friends that they hadn't seen in a long time and, and celebrate together. This Passover was going to be the greatest of all time. It, it, really the fulfillment of the whole Passover picture because Jesus was coming to do what the Messiah was promised to do. And he does. He does. Um, Jesus knows what's going to happen to him. You know, decorated around our church right now are crosses draped in purple. Um, Jesus knew what was coming. He had warned his disciples at least three times that we know of 
um, out loud, telling them that he's going to be betrayed, he's going to be turned over to the hands of men, he's going to be tried, he's going to be crucified, he's going to die, he's going to be buried, and he's going to rise from the grave. He called it. But if you're looking at your Messiah, if you're looking at your rabbi, and you're thinking, how does he know that? And so they were either blissfully ignorant or kind of unaware or not connecting the dots, um, but, but they, were, they were just so excited to see all this going on and seeing people recognizing Jesus as the Messiah like they saw him. And they weren't thinking necessarily of the cross that was coming. But Jesus does everything he can to bolster their faith as they looked at him to see who he is and the power he had as the Son of God and yet draped in humility and his willingness to humble himself for them. Just a cool thing, he, he, sends, he sends two of his disciples up to, up to the, the next little kind of one commentary called it a hamlet, whatever that is. Just a little like farm town, I don't know. Um, but they said, you're going to find, he said, you're going to find a, a, a colt, so a donkey that's never been ridden, a young donkey, and you're going to go, just untie it and bring it back to me. And by the way, somebody might say something, so say the master needs it, the Lord needs it, and they'll be fine with that. Like what in the world? You know, have you ever tried to get a rental uh, flying in blind at the Super Bowl? Probably not going to happen. You know, they're not handing out free donkey rides uh, at Passover time. But they go and they do this and they bring it straight back. It happened exactly as Jesus said it would. Just another little touch proving who he is and the power he had, that he is the very Son of God. So what did they do? They, they took off their cloaks and they put it on the, on the back of the donkey, or a few of them did, and, and Jesus sits on it and starts riding. And now he's coming from Bethany, and Bethany was where his good friends Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were. And remember, Lazarus was dead, and then Jesus raised him from the dead. So pretty big deal. People really liked seeing Jesus crowding around. They were excited about this. Could this really be the Messiah that we've been waiting centuries for? And so this group follows, um, and they, they throw down their cloaks. Uh, you think, what do you wear to the, to the big events? Do you wear just your ratty old clothes? No, you wear your nice stuff. So you, they're throwing on their nice jackets. Um, and they're also ripping off palm branches and, and branches of trees from the fields and throwing them down to honor Jesus because they see this could be the Messiah. And people coming from Jerusalem catch wind. Uh, and they, they pour out of the city. And then this, this, this spiritual and just God-given fervor takes over and they start calling out to him. The same words we spoke together Hosanna. Uh, Hosanna. Um, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. These were the words of Psalm 118, uh, which the believers would always sing as they came to the temple, and they'd sing these to God, the Lord, uh, praising him and asking his blessing and looking forward to the coming kingdom of the Messiah. And now they direct them at Jesus, recognizing that he's the fulfillment, at least in part, he could be the fulfillment of all God's promises, all their hopes and dreams resting on him. Some of them may be hoping for more of like a, a political Messiah who's going to overthrow Rome, but, but either way, they were pretty excited about it. And, and they were right on with these, with these accolades. Um, it's going to be, there's going to be a fervor May 19th. And I'm guessing some of you will tune in, even though you acted like you didn't know what May 19th is, right? Um, some of you are going to tune in, some of you are going to get But, you know, designers are recognizing that this event is going to set the stage for the coming fashions. So whatever people are wearing at this 
wedding is going to be the big deal. Um, the news outlets, uh, media, TV, newspaper, you know, just any, any talk shows, they are, they've already been riding this wave, and they're going to continue riding it all the way to the bank as long as they can ride this thing. But when you think of it, what is the, what is the big impact going to be, like long term? I mean, it'll be, it'll be fun, right? We'll get a little royal fever. But like, will it impact our life? I don't, I'd be hard-pressed to say how exactly it's going to impact our life. Um, but the fervor of this day, of Palm Sunday, as we follow Jesus, will impact not only our life here, but eternity. How vital it was for us that Jesus took that road town of Jerusalem, just, just under two miles, not a big, long road. And he had walked that road many times before, but now he gets on that donkey and he's just checking off prophecies. Zechariah chapter 9 says, Rejoice greatly, daughter of Jerusalem. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, humble and gentle, riding on a, on a, on a colt, on a donkey, on a foal, the on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And here he is, riding and, and showing that this prophecy was being fulfilled right before their very eyes. And that wasn't the only one. You think of, what did they say? They said, Hosanna, which means, let's say it together, Hosanna, ready? Hosanna, let's say it with some fervor. Hosanna, right? It means save us. They were asking Jesus to save them. Like believers had cried out time and time again, save us, realizing we can't save ourselves, realizing that we are unable to do it, but save us, Lord. Rescue us from all of this. Then they say, um, they say this, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yes, it's true that anybody who comes bearing the gospel message of Jesus, our Savior, is coming in the name of the Lord and, and blessed, you know, thankful we are that, that they come, but, but here even more so, Jesus isn't just coming in the name of the Lord, he is the Lord. Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 said it this way, Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. And he would do the work of the Lord, the difficult work, no matter how agonizing it would be, no matter how terrible it would be, no matter how deadly it would be, to do the work of the Lord. Save us. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The children of Israel were rescued from slavery in Egypt, that first Passover, when the angel of death came through the, the camp of the Egyptians and all the camps. But those who had the blood of the lamb across their doorway, God's wrath passed over those houses. This Passover festival would be extremely important. Because of what Jesus would do, God's wrath over sin, our sin, sinners, us, passes over us. And not only do we receive forgiveness and life from our Savior and what he had come to do, we receive freedom. We receive freedom from, from all the things that ail us. We receive freedom from, from the spiritual terror of thinking that, that God is, is distant from us or has forsaken us, we receive forgiveness. And we receive a kingdom. 
Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Wrapped up in this whole idea of the Messiah was, was this promise that a king would come through the line of David. And Jesus, according to you know, Mary and even Joseph, a, a descendant of David, and he had come to, to set up a kingdom. Now this kingdom, many people were looking for an earthly kingdom, which some people still are looking for an earthly kingdom to be set up in Jerusalem. That's why it's always a focal point um, in the news and different places. But, but that's not what Jesus had come to do. The whole earthly kingdom idea of, of David's throne kind of fell apart in the third generation as his, his grandson you know, just kind of messed it all up and then it just got worse from there on out. Jesus came to set up a kingdom in human hearts where he rules in hearts with his love, with his mercy, and with his forgiveness through the preaching of the gospel. The kingdom of God is within you is within, within your hearts as you trust in Jesus and you know him as your Savior. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Jesus has brought it. This time of the year is pretty stressful, pretty busy, a little bit, right? And then, and then we get dumped on nine inches, right? And everybody's out there shoveling. You know, who didn't have their snowblower out or was really sad that they had already put their snowblower away and brought out the... Uh, not that anybody would do that in Minnesota. I think everybody was waiting for this one to, to fall. But um, it gets pretty stressful. It gets pretty busy, and it could be pretty daunting. Now, um, one of the easiest tricks of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature is during these busy and stressful times to take our eyes off of Jesus and to put them somewhere else. Maybe it's on a temptation, uh, this, uh, something that, you know, pleasure or, or some ill-gotten gain that we can get our hands on or we can do or we can, we can grab onto and latch onto. That just, we're just busy and stressed enough that, that we don't make wise decisions in that and we sin in that way. Or maybe it's simply to take our eyes off of Jesus altogether and what he's come to do and instead focus them inward and think only of, of ourselves or what's going on in our own hearts, to think only of, of our sin to think that maybe God can't love us or doesn't love us or has forsaken us? Devil the world and our sinful flesh love this time. That's why it's all the more imperative to hear the shouts, Hosanna, to look and to open our eyes and be eyewitnesses of Jesus as he marches down that road all the way to the temple for us. And then to follow him this week as, as he goes and he teaches in the temple courts and to sit at his feet and listen to his words spoken to our hearts. To, even though we may not want to, 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 to sit with the crowds that jeered him and mocked him. To sit in the courtrooms where he was, where he was mocked, spit on, convicted, and lied about. To stand at the foot of the cross and to maybe have a little bit of that hopeless feeling, but to listen closely to his words. Who he is. The Son of God and the Savior and what he has come to do to save, to forgive. And then to wait impatiently on that, on that Saturday as, as Jesus is in the tomb and then to come back together and to rejoice that Jesus has risen from the grave. And because Jesus has risen from the grave, all of our sin is gone. It's been paid for. 
And God proves that he does not forsake us. No, he forgives us. And because Jesus lives, we do too, right now and for eternity. So brothers and sisters in Christ, this is Palm Sunday. And so we join with that crowd and we say, Hosanna. We join with that crowd and we say, Blessed is the one coming in the name of the Lord. And we say, Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. I'm going to ask you to say it with me in a second. Hosanna in the highest heaven, which is the last thing they shouted as Jesus went in. So let's say that together. Hosanna in the highest heaven. It's who Jesus is, our Savior, true God in the flesh, and it's what he's come to do, to do exactly that. Save us for now and for all eternity. Amen.